Welcome to One Controller Port Podcast, episode 42. This is my podcast, the One Controller Port Podcast. I'm here today, Benjamin Yoder, to talk to you about video games again. Um, speaking of uh, of video games, though, speaking of video games, what a segue. <laughs> um, um, something that's been on my mind this month is uh, WiiWare stuff. And if you're not aware, I think I see this all the time, is that people are like, oh, uh, WiiWare shut down like two, three years ago, right? And it's like, no, 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 no. So what happened was was the uh, Wii um, online play, basically. Any game with online play basically had shut down. So the stores have still been available. And any game that wasn't using the official Nintendo servers or whatever, I think it was run by like GameSpy or something, um, it still had online play. It may still have online play in some cases. I think some Call of Duty games are still running because they technically use Activision servers and things like that. But... um. But yeah, so so WiiWare is finally coming to an end. Um, it technically will be around for another year, but you can't spend any more money uh, on the platform after the end of this month. So you have to make sure if you're going to buy anything for WiiWare, um, you have to make sure you have the points already to download that stuff if you plan to download it later. Um, so you need to load some money onto the account because after a certain time, you'll no longer be able to purchase funds on uh, Wii, or on the uh, Wii Shop channel. And this is also true for virtual consoles. So, so for example, really the thing that got this back on my mind, other than the fact that these services are shutting down at the end of this month, is um, that, that Chrono Trigger port came out for PC and, um, you know, it's kind of a mess it's from everyone, from what I hear from everyone. I haven't really looked at it myself, but everyone's pretty upset about it. Um, when you think about like Chrono Trigger ports though, uh, there's some issues with the, the DS version specifically. I believe the music is, uh, of concern to most people for that version of Chrono Trigger. And then the PS1 has load times, uh, which slows down the game and, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, so the Super Nintendo version, I think is still considered to be kind of the, the one to play. Um, and I think the virtual console version of that is solid from what I remember. I don't recall hearing any complaints about that version. So I, I believe I believe right now the Super Nintendo version is considered to be the best way to play Chrono Trigger, and uh, I will never get a Super Nintendo copy of Chrono Trigger. Probably, I'm sure, it's probably one of the more expensive Super Nintendo games at this point. Um, so I need to get that on Virtual Console. There's quite a few games I, I will never get on Virtual Console, unfortunately. Um... <laughs> So, so I say this of like, oh, this is your last chance to get WiiWare games, this is last chance to get virtual console games, um, but r- the reality is the Wii had been cracked open for a long time, so if you are desperate enough to get a copy of, I don't know, Tomna Sanna on, on, on WiiWare, the one with your like little businessman running through a bunch of streets and you have to like press the button to jump over obstacles and dance and stuff, <laughs> it's, it's a weird little game by Konami, um, if you want a copy of that, you can you can probably just pirate it and put it on your Wii. <laughs> so it's like, no, those games aren't going to be particularly lost to time per se. But if you want to like have an official copy that you've purchased without like having to modify your Wii or keep it on your Wii U or something like that, uh, which at this point maybe the Wii U is cracked open in a way that you can go ahead and put those files on there as well. Um, this is kind of your last chance to do that. So if you're scared you'll never play Castlevania Rebirth, but you don't have the money to buy it right now, well... There's ways to play Castlevania Rebirth, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, either on original hardware or emulation, probably, maybe even. I mean, 
uh, as far as I know, the dolphin emulation stuff is um is pretty far along. Um, so I spent maybe I think uh, about fifty bucks a, about two months ago on WiiWare stuff. I'm gonna go back in and maybe spend like another hundred or something. Um, just try to try to burn through some of the last straggling games I want to pick up on there. I might also get some uh, virtual console games that I've been particularly wanting to try out. Uh, for a while now, um, um, I might look into the actual value of those games outside of the virtual console as well. See if there's anything that's like particularly expensive. Um, and I think I think with like NES and Super Nintendo games, it's not too much of a concern because emulation for those have been pretty spot on for a long time now. Um, and then worst case scenario, you could also like if you wanted to play on actual hardware, you could also get like a flash card or something and load the ROMs on there. Um, but yeah, I'm not super concerned though, cause um, yeah, NES and Super Nintendo, not a big deal. Uh, I, I need to go through some of the N64 games on there and take a look at them. Um, I don't think there's that many. Uh, I would like to play the TurboGrafx-16 version of Yeast One and Two eventually at some point. Um, but yeah, Virtual Console stuff. I mean, there's ways to play that otherwise. We where you you have to either you know play on Dolphin, I would assume, or or on the Wii hardware itself. And, um, and that's something I, I would like to do. I, I, I picked up, uh, My Life as a King from Square Enix. Uh, I believe the DLC is no longer available, but it's, it seems like it's kind of minor stuff anyways. Um, uh, I'm debating getting another copy of Snowpack Park. I don't remember if I ever wrote an article. I think I wrote a review of Snowpack Park years and years ago, and I really loved that game. Um, and then at one point, my original Wii died, and I couldn't recover my stuff because I had modified my Wii to play homebrew, or not homebrew, um, uh, region lock games. So Disaster Day of Crisis and other Kodar. Nintendo was localizing these titles. Xenoblade at the time, because they didn't announce any localization for Xenoblade for like a whole year or something like that afterwards. And so I was just importing games from Europe, but not buying like a European Wii um and so I, I i had run homebrew on there and then in the end that came back to came to bite me in the butt because uh when my wii actually did have some issues and i was trying to get it fixed um um nintendo was like nope and then they also like wiped my system <laughs> so i was like that's cool thanks guys appreciate it um i paid for all these <laughs> but but hey i'm sure there's some licensing thing when you're you're using it saying hey like hey if you have a modified software or hardware we can do whatever the fuck we want with it oh oh but yeah i'm ex- i'm excited to to pick up some WiiWare games i don't know if i'll play any any anytime soon unfortunately um but i i want to get i want to get some at least some of the titles that i know i want to pick up at some point um, one thing I did get this week, speaking of spending too much money on video games, is um, I finally got my PCFX in. Uh, I had been wanting to get a PS- PCFX for probably three, four, maybe five years now. Um, I picked up Team Innocent a long time ago because I thought the game looked really cool. And then I, I, I purchased a emulator because there's like a, a emulator that's like 20 bucks to buy it or whatever. And, and at the time, it made sense at the time, and I played through Team Innocent that way, and it was a kind of a rough ride at times, but generally it worked, and I really enjoyed it. And I've been I've been amassing a small collection of PCFX games over the years, but my my um, patience with the emulator itself has kind of worn thin a little bit. I've had a lot of issues with like entire backgrounds disappearing, and things like that. So I finally decided I'm gonna go in and get a PCFX. So. 
uh, I just had to do that. It was like 200 bucks for the PCFX and another like, or sorry, it was like $130 for the PCFX. Uh, then I bought two controllers, which I got at a discount for $10 each. And then I bought a handful of games and other things. And then the shipping in the end was like 80 bucks. So, so it was pretty pricey, but I had, um, I was planning on making a big purchase around Christmas and I never ended up doing it. So I kind of made that my big purchase. <laughs> so, um, I made it on my stream, uh, earlier last week. I did, I did stream some Team Innocent. So if you want to check out some Team Innocent, that's there. It's a little bit slow of a game it's more or less one of those ones where you just kind of go around and poke around and there's some like fighting but it's not particularly difficult fighting it's not like resident evil where you're like struggling to survive your character is pretty powerful they have like a punch that can pretty much annihilate anything for the most part um and the resources they give you are pretty significant i think they're, they give, don't give you a ton of ammo but you need to use it so rarely it's not really a big deal um so then I also got a couple of um, uh, essentially digital magazines of the Anime Freaks Volume 1 and 3. And um, it basically has a bunch of like little little video clips and uh, interviews for old animes that were coming out at the time. And then um, karaoke for, for Evangelion on Volume 3. I think there's an Evangelion song on there. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then there's a, a OVA on it specifically for for Private Idol, um, which if you don't know is a PC Engine game where you're like this little uh, idol detective, as far as I can tell. I never got to play it myself. I never had a ton of interest in the original PC Engine. Um, I'm not sure why I've never had a ton of interest. I've definitely played um, I played a, a Soldier Blade and um, excuse me. Um, What's that game called? Uh, Castlevania Rondo of Blood. I've played, uh, I, actually, I didn't play a lot of Rondo of Blood. I still haven't played that, I think. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't spent a lot of time with PCN games or had much interest in pursuing it. I'm not really sure why. It actually seems like a much smarter purchase than what I did at the PCFX, but, but I don't know, man. <laughs> PCFX is just what felt right at the time. So that's what I ended up getting. Um, so yeah, I have that. It's like a little mini mini tower almost, <laughs> a PC tower. It's just this big rectangle box that you sit up, and it has like a power button on the front, and it has a uh, two controller ports, and then a, a, a like a memory pack slot on the front. But I think the memory packs are very expensive, so I'm not sure. I'll probably end up having to delete save data and stuff, unfortunately, over time, because I'm probably not going to buy those memory packs. So, so yeah, I feel very. <laughs> I feel very tired, not, maybe not tired, but like very, <laughs> very mellow at the moment. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm being very energetic in this podcast, but hey, I'm just going, I'm just moving, moving along. Um, but other than that, I haven't really had a ton of um, other stuff. I'm still still slowly wrapping up Tokiden. We're, we're pretty much there. I'd say we've wrapped up Tokiden, but we're just taking taking care of a few loose ends here and there. Um, and then I've just been playing, you know, a thousand arms during the mainstream. And then, um, and then I wanted to play more Xenoblade this weekend, but I don't know if I'm going to get the chance to, uh, I got some stuff I need to work on. Um, but I played it last weekend for a good chunk of time and I was really enjoying it again. It's really weird. Like Xenoblade 2 is kind of a mess, but I can't help but love it in a lot of ways. 
Uh, it really comes down to like the battle system just being fantastic, in my opinion. It, there's just a lot going on with that battle system. Um, I've I've talked about this over and over and over again. <laughs> I'll, I I look forward to doing like a full video on it at some point. It's it might be kind of um kind of excessive. I wonder with the video. Just because I, I feel like I want to talk about other Monolith Soft games significantly. We'll see. It might be one of those videos where I tear my hair out trying to figure out what I want to do with it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Um, and then I've also been playing some Castlevania 64 again. Mainly just because I'm just trying to... I want to stream it, but I don't want to stream the beginning two, three levels. Um, because those are typically the ones people know. And the first two levels in particular are the ones that everyone hates so much. Um, and I would like to show off some of the later levels in the game, uh, that I think are fantastic. Um, I mean, every level in Castlevania 64 has a problem. I mean, Castlevania 64 is a early 3D game in terms of like, not early 3D, but you know, it's on the Nintendo 64 and a lot of those, a lot of developers hadn't really figured out how 3D was going to work. Um, you know, Super Mario 64 was maybe the one template everyone could really look at. Um, but when creating like an action platform or something like that with like combat and stuff, um, I think there weren't a ton of examples. So they're trying to pave their own path, essentially, as far as I can tell. Uh, I think it came out around the time Ocarina of Time came out. So even like, you know, Z-targeting and stuff like that wasn't really around yet. Let's do fortune cookie time. Let's hope it's not Castlevania 64 since so I just got done talking about Castlevania 64. Um, maybe I should just uncheck unfinished. I don't know. Because some of these I definitely haven't played. Yeah, a lot of these. Kirby's Dreamland Wii. Which one is Kirby's Dreamland? Is that the Game Boy game? That is the Game Boy game, right? Why is it listed for Wii? Oh, uh, you know what? Because I probably because I have the anniversary collection. Uh, I actually have a lot to say about Kirby's Dreamland. I think Kirby's Dreamland is a a, a interesting um. What's the best way to put it? It's like a, it's it surprisingly stands on its own very well. Um, when when you look at the Kirby series, uh, what do you think about Kirby being like as a character? And I think most people immediately would point to his ability to absorb enemy powers and you know to take on these other forms and attacks it's it's kind of who he is at this point um but but the original Kirby's Dreamland didn't have that in the game um it was entirely just you know the standard default Kirby um and I think because of those powers in the later games we kind of a lot of times lose sight of who Kirby is mechanically um, without without powers. Um, he's this really unique character. He's very he's not very fast. He's kind of slow. Um, and, you know, he can jump forever. He floats forever. I mean, it depends on the game, but most games he can float forever. And he has these very, um, I would say, a, a limited moveset um, that that requires the player to be very careful about when they act um specifically like uh 
absorbing enemies. You know, you have to you have to suck them in, and it takes time to suck an enemy in. And um, when you're doing it in the air or something like that, you're gonna fall to the ground. So you have to be aware of like what's around the ground around you, because that's really only your attack is to suck in and blow enemies out. You might be able to do a sidekick. I can't remember. I think that might can't come in later games. But that's really your only means of offense is is sucking enemies in and then blowing them out. Um, and it's not a very uh, a very you know snappy motion or something like that. It reminds me a little bit how Castlevania has kind of that like drawback and then strike, but it's like very spaced out and the player has a lot more control over when the strike happens because not only can you sit there hold down the b button and wait for the enemy to get sucked in and then blow them out when you want to blow them out um it also takes time to travel across the screen it's a projectile and while you're doing that you're very vulnerable you're not you're not a a very agile character you can't float around anymore like you would when you have something in your mouth um and you know a lot of people look at kirby as this character that's very easy to control and move but i believe in the original kirby's dreamland he's He's very strangely restrictive in his movement at times, um, in a way that I think it makes Dreamland a very challenging game. Uh, it may not be as challenging as something like a Super Mario Land or something like that, um, but it, it it has its own very unique uh, challenge with its movement and how you approach enemies. And I think that's something that's lost um, as the Kirby games go forward. I mean, you, you still have the option of using just, you know, base form Kirby if you really want to, but really what those games are, you're, you're absorbing powers and you're using them. Um, and the game encourages you. It wants you to solve puzzles using those powers in terms of like, you know, breaking open unlockable, you know, collectibles and stuff like that. There's very rare that it wants you to, to use Kirby in his base form. And when you're in Kirby's base form for any reason, it's, it's less about, um, using that form to its strongest or like its greatest extent and more about, um, try struggling to, to find the next enemy you can absorb to take their power and a lot of the cases you kind of just take whatever you, you get um in those later games it's just whatever gets thrown at you first you're like yes i'll take that it's better than nothing but i mean kirby on his own is a very a very unique character in how he moves and and there's just not much attention to that uh in, in the later games i feel like but you know i mean you could force yourself to play the game that way it's just not built that way as far as i can tell um, it's kind of interesting because, uh, Kirby Dreamland is probably my favorite Kirby game. Um, but at the same time, my next favorite Kirby game after that isn't even really a Kirby game. Um, it's a, uh, um, it's the challenge missions in the anniversary collection. And what I like so much about these challenge missions is that they, uh, are, are levels based off, um, Kirby using a specific skill so the, the they know for sure kirby has this skill in this moment he can't lose it he can't use another skill he can't skip it he has this lasso skill and so they could actually build levels with that requirement of the you know having a lasso in hand um and that's not something that regular kirby can do at least not very often or effectively um because it, it's always accounting for well what if the player lost their their you know their lasso power what if they're using a different power you know all those different things um and so that's my second favorite kirby experience i guess you could say because it's not really a game particularly 
uh, just like little challenge missions that you can do. I believe I heard that uh, uh, Return to Dr- or Nightmare, no, Return to Dreamland has more of those challenge missions in it, and I might end up picking up that game just for those challenge missions. To be honest, I'm sure I have to unlock them by beating the game itself. But, but yeah, Kirby's Dreamland is maybe my favorite Kirby game. Uh, I don't think that's a common opinion, just because you know Kirby's moves are so limited. Um, so yeah, yeah, I like I like Kirby Dreamland a lot. Um, yeah, this has been a very mellow podcast. <laughs> um, I hope I hope it was uh, somewhat enjoyable at least. I have a um, a uh, video coming out on Wednesday this week. Um, it's been uh, it's a pretty old script that I kind of updated to today's. I don't know if today's standards are the right words, but I, I updated. Um, I think there's times you can tell when it's the old script versus the new script, like, like my new writing in there. Um, but I like the opening a lot, and um, and I think the game itself that I'm talking about is a fantastic game. So please look forward to that. It'll be up Wednesday at 9 a.m. PST. That's noon specific. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'll be streaming it on Thursday. Um and then we'll see where we go from there. I don't have any other articles planned at this moment. Xenoblade's definitely the one I want to do the most, but I still haven't beaten the game. I'm not sure what I'm going to get to beating the game. Um, so we'll see. So thank you guys very much for listening, and I hope you have a great week. Bye.